We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. The best pizza in the city, still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona, 45 plus years. Uh, brand new spot out in Ellerslie. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Stoffer inspector second or uh, well for a full uh, hour coming up here, courtesy of the fine folks at HRA Horse Racing Alberta. You can text us at six thirty six thirty. Tweet us at Oilers Now. Email us Oilers Now six thirty chat dot com. Let's just peruse through some uh, text here. Bob with Tom Gilbert out for the year. Would the Habs be interested in Fane, Nikitin, or Justin Schultz? That one comes to us from James. Uh, I think there's a. I think there is interest in Justin Schultz out there. Uh, you know what? I think that there's some organizations that look at the situation at Edmonton and think, you know, maybe this player just needs a second chance somewhere else and needs to jumpstart things. Uh, Nikitin, I think that ship has sailed. Uh, Mark Fane's got two years left in his deal. Hey, Bob, I can't remember. What's the name of that defenseman that's out of our lineup? Uh, you know, the Norris Trophy candidate. I forgot that one comes to us from Topher Allen out of uh, Red Deer. My point is Topher Allen. He is the Oilers' best defenseman. He was playing the most. They have missed him, and they're not near deep enough or good enough on defense right now to overcome his loss right now. Another text. Uh, again, you can text us at 630, 630. Sean says, Bob, keep McDavid and Talbot. Blow up the rest of the team, Cornall, as a group. They don't know how to have a winning season. Uh, well, I would not do that. Randy says, Bob, you have no idea of how depressing it was to listen to you and Reed talk about the Oilers situation. Ten-year-old broken record. Kill me now, Bob. That one comes to us from Randy. Kill me now. How about I play you killing me softly? I don't know. I don't know about killing you now. It's not... It's frustrating. It is frustrating. Uh, Bob, the orders are so awful that their own staff doesn't even know the time of the puck drop. Everyone has officially checked out of this orders debacle. Craig. Craig, that was sarcasm. It's a standing joke we have. We joke as to what time the pregame show starts. It happened. Uh, I guess you uh, take the almost seventh first overall pick for the stale rebuild. Why give a, fr- a fresh uh, rebranding team a chance? That one comes from from DB. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at orders now. Bob, you mentioned prospects and a possible return for Schultz and Yakupov. Is there any way you could pry uh, Theodore out of Anaheim for Yak and D'Angelo out of Tampa for Schultz and that's from Jordan. Well, Jordan, you obviously read Elliot Friedman. Uh, Anthony D'Angelo is an interesting player. He's got offensive ability. He needs to learn how to play defense. He's undersized. I'd say there'd be an outside chance. You might be able to get a D'Angelo out of Tampa at some point. There's no way in hell that you're going to get Shea Theodore right now out of the Anaheim Ducks. All right. Let's uh, turn up uh, Mark Spector. Bring him aboard. Spec, how you doing? Fantastic. Bobby, how's it going? Well, <laughs> it's going okay. I mean, you know, I'm alive. It, it, uh-huh. it, it's it, it's a frustrating time right now. And for me, it's personally frustrating because, you know, I, I wanted to see some significant growth from the team. Mm-hmm. But not just, you know, you want to see certain guys um, 
Get better. Get better. <laughs> and they haven't. Yeah. And as a result, there's a distinct possibility that – Like, let me ask you a question. Shoot. I think we both think that Justin – I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you think Justin Schultz will be here next Tuesday? Uh, not if the orders can trade him for something. Okay. Uh, they've been – He's been on the block, Bob, for six sure, months. Sure, and we'll I ain't changing now. And we'll nail Yakupov be here next fall. Yeah, he'll be here uh, next fall. Yeah, uh, no, he won't be here next fall. He'll be here on Tuesday. Okay, but I don't think he'll be here next fall. Do the owners need to learn from what happened with Yakupov and Schultz? I mean, in 2012-13 with Ralph Kruger, nail Yakupov, and he was a flawed player. Led the team in I goals. I know. Hold on a second. Led, led the team in scoring 17 goals. If the lesson is, do they need to learn that you can't have a new coach every year? Of course they have to learn that. Yeah. And they have learned that. Yeah. It, it, McCollin's on a rich, long-term deal. He's not going anywhere. So. And it's the first experienced coach that yeah. they've hired. Well, I think He's got the, a different cachet than all these other guys, right? All the Oilers' problems at this point and all the issues that we talk about on the show all the time and that the, every listener knows them, 95% of them are, are caused by guys who were given roles they weren't any they weren't ready for from players playing too soon to GMs GMing that never GM before to coaches coaching who'd never coached before. They put the entire organization in the hands of people who were doing stuff for the first time and they all made rookie mistakes, man. And that's not just one of them, all of them. Yeah. And we're here today because of it. So how, what's the solution? Bob Nicholson walks in the door and says, well, I got an idea. Let's hire Pete Chiarelli, who built a Stanley Cup winner in Boston, right. and let's hire Todd McClellan, who knows how to coach. You know, so sure, they're, that's bigger than any player acquisition they were going to make. You think so? Yep. Do you have some empathy for the position that Chiarelli's in right now? I mean, he'd like to make more change, but he's, his hands are tied a bit. Yeah, because he's not in a... You know, compare Chiarelli to Lou Lamorello in Toronto. Lou's getting lauded, as he should, for pulling in higher-than-expected draft picks for guys they don't want. So that's good, you know, and he's doing a good job. San Jose made a bad deal, by the way. Two number two. I don't know how you – but good for Lou. Yeah. Two number twos for Pollock and, and uh, the, Spalling. The price points on those two players weren't killers. Yeah, like Nikitin at four and a half million. That's a killer. No one's taken like if right. you if if you no, they had cheap players that are easy to move. Right, and and, they, and the Oilers don't have cheap players. No. and you know like Purcell, four point five million. I think we both think yeah. that there's some interest in him out there. But sure. he's four point five million. That makes right. him a secondary guy. Yeah, uh, Schultz four million, about three point nine million. I, I do think there's teams that would sit there at Schultz and go outside chance reclamation project, but at 3.9, do you qualify him as a restricted free agent? To me, Justin Schultz is Michael Delzato. Remember when Delzato got moved to Nashville yep. in the client trade? The Preds did not qualify him. He reestablished himself as an NHL defenseman. Yeah, I maybe think, Schultz could I think that. Schultz could do that. Sure. I actually believe that Justin could do that. Maybe. Yep. I'm, I'm concerned for Yakupov. i got to tell you. For is, me. Is he going to play? That's a good question. Yeah. You know? So back to my question. Do you have empathy for Peter, or do you think Peter's a big boy and he well, knew what he was walking into? Yeah, he knew what he was walking into. I don't – you know, he knows. Yeah. It's a tougher job here because he's staring right down the barrel of – first of all, he's got a big mess to clean up. Lamorello doesn't have a lot of big, ugly contracts there, right, in Toronto. He's got a couple. You know, he's got Lupul's the biggest, the toughest to move. He moved Dion. Good for him. Well, that's, I'd say those were those were the two big ones. And you know, he's done a good job. But whatever, his issues are different. Chiarelli is staring right down the barrel at making another Sagan trade, right? 
And I think we've had it we as close to being confirmed this morning. He said, uh, my question to him was about trading a $6 million player. And he said, look, it's really difficult to do that at the deadline. But he, I'm wide open to, you know, embarking down that path and looking at it uh, and drafting. Well, let's do this. Let's go to that very clip. Uh, here's Peter Shirelli on if he would make a big move now. Things possible. Um, for me, um, major deals are, are less likely at this time. I think uh, what happens is that there's more global planning that takes place postseason prior to the draft, and uh, and then of course you've got the proximity of those draft picks that are alluring to teams. Uh, there's just more activity that way. Um, but anything anything's possible. I'm. I'm not, I can tell you that I'm not really looking at that type of deal now. Um, uh, but uh, that doesn't mean I wouldn't be looking at that for, uh, for the summer, spring and summer. So there you go. That trade, uh, and I have been saying, I'm sure you probably agree, I'm not listening every minute, but I've been saying this for three months. One of those, there's going to be a core guy traded at the draft, the week before the draft. And I believe that that's going to happen. So, Well, it's not going to be McDavid. It's not going to be Drysdale. It's not going to be McDavid. It's going to be Hall, Everly, or uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, in my opinion. One of those three. Yep. Yeah. Yep. At least one of those three, but certainly one See, of those three. See, Taylor Hall wasn't talked about that way a month ago, but mm-hmm. the last month he's had a, well, a tough stretch. But he'd also discover that. A strong, you can make a strong argument that he might be the player that gets you the most. Sure. It's all, it's not about who you do. I mean, it's partly about who you think you can pass up and, and live without, but it's got a lot to do with demand. Because yeah. you're going to, Pete Chiarelli is going out to identify the player he wants, and then that GM's going to decide which oiler he wants, right? So that's got a lot to do with it. Will where the oilers pick play a factor? Like if Edmonton picks two or three, there's two finished wingers there, both right shots. Yep. Does that so that work? means you're more likely to move uh, Jordan Eberle because you've got a big right winger coming and you trade a more expensive, smaller, little bit older one. Sure, that may have a, an effect on it, yeah. Or instead, do you look at it the other way and go, no, just trade the pick right now and get Hammock out of uh, well, Long Island? Because we, if instead of drafting an 18-year-old right winger, we've got a good established one here that we like. So, sure. I mean, to me, the biggest thing is this. That we've talked to Todd McClellan about this pretty much all year. You know, he and Shirelli came in here. They heard a lot of things about the Oilers' core players. And they said, okay, we got to figure them out for ourselves. Right? We have to live with these guys for a whole season. Peter Chiarelli has done exactly that. I'm not sure they're completely finished. Yeah. They haven't written the book on I, every I guy. I hope but they're not, and I'll tell you why. Because, like, Nugent Hopkins. Well, he hasn't played. And, but and he, he had a way better year last year. He hasn't than, been very good this year, and he hasn't, he's been hurt. Right, You're right, was, Bob. And he, was, and he was also sick for 15 of the 45 games. Hard to evaluate him. Right. The other thing is they've never had played a game with Eberly, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins in it. Correct. They have not because no. they have not played a single game this season with those three centermen or those three players, excuse me, yep. in the same game. So that's a bit of a drag. It's it's <laughs> right right because you're trying to evaluate what you got, and that makes it hard to evaluate what you have. I want to get to another clip because some people said I was bumming them out early, and and you know what I'm frustrated at. I'm frustrated at the development side of the organization, and this has been an issue, Mark. You and me have talked about yep. for years because I don't always think it's all on the player. Okay, right? well, like, sure. and I think that 
you know, and, and people say, well, wait a sec, Stoffer, you're, you're a contradiction because not everybody can be the Detroit model at this time. The owners need to get to the point where they sure. can be that Detroit model. But even when Detroit had high picks, their high picks played too. When they yep. had Keith Primo played right away. Sure, sure. But sure. Peter Shirelli did say this about the sky not falling in. No, no. Uh, you know, like I've, I've to, to be here and to be with the team, to see them practice, to meet these guys. Uh, it's, it's the sky isn't falling. Uh, as much as it feels that it is, um, it's not falling. There's, there's, there's the ability to make this team a contending team. And uh, and it can be in a hurry. It can be in a hurry. You have to do it right. But I, I mean, it's you know, you ask me after a game, I might have a little more emotional answer, which is why I hide after a game sometimes. But you know, it's 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 there's heavy lifting, no question. I hide after the games. Oh, yeah, lots of GMs do. There's the wonderful walk on the plane as a broadcaster for a club. Yeah. We go on, as you know, the the managers and coaches go on first, the players go on the plane second, and then we go on last, uh, and you go walking by them. Yeah. And there's just some days you know. I hate being on those planes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's because, well, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, you have to live vicariously through them. Well, listen, to you're a on their team plane, man, right? and it's their plane. And, and when they lose, s- you got to be sad. When they win, you got to be happy. And they got seven road wins this season. Okay. It is 1248 at Edmonton. Stauffer, Inspector, and Oilers. Now, I think we're going to go further down the path on a couple different things. Uh, we'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.50 in Edmonton. Some guests in Oilers Now, except Mark Spector, received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. No way I'm giving you that. Just kidding. <laughs> the way the folks at HRA look after you, how could I possibly do that? Right. Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. 7,000 horses, 7,000 employed. Do want to mention uh, tomorrow I'll be hooking up with the uh, Oilers Now road trip to Los Angeles, to paraphrase Vanner all right. That sounds like fun. Yes. Uh, hey, hockey fans, New West Travel and Transit Holidays have teamed up to bring you a great selection of special travel packages for destinations, weddings, honeymoons, sports packages, river cruises, golf getaways, and for the outstanding employees and salespeople in your company, New West Travel can design specific meeting and, ins- and incentive reward packages to a variety of destinations around the world that will meet your budget. Plus, they all include parking at Edmonton International Airport Value Park. For more information, call a friendly staff at New West Travel or go online to newwesttravel.com. Uh, yes. All right, Spec. So where do we go from here? Yes. Let's start in the short term. So today we did Peter Shirelli. Uh, I, I have some empathy for the position that Peter's in. I think we both know the bigger the big move is coming in the summer. Short term, what's the best bet as to what he can do? Well, there's a couple of, like every 30th, 29th place team, whatever, you have to move out the UFAs like Purcell. You move Schultz if you can. They don't have much of that here, right? Yeah. They don't have a lot of guys hanging around about to be UFAs that they could just move out. You're not moving to Keaton. No one wants them. Uh, you're not moving Ferentz, right? So Well, he's done. He's injured. He's injured and done. So those things are pretty obvious. They'll try to make a couple of moves. I don't think, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, the big impactful move doesn't get made at the deadline. The big move that has to happen here is a big move. This isn't Toronto where we're making a whole bunch of little moves for a whole bunch of draft picks. Well, this is trade one of the big three and get a defenseman and start the process. Do it at the draft. Make a decision on your first round pick. If you can turn that into a 
NHL defenseman you think about it. Well, I'll tell you this right now. If the Oilers are outside of the top three, mm -hmm. I'm damn serious. First three picks, I'm not trading those picks. Okay. Four and on, I'd be calling the Islanders at that point for Hamannick because he's the exact sort of steady influence as a right-shot defenseman at the right price point. And they might be more open to it, given some of the financial issues they might be having if they can't get their building situation straight now. Well, there's and, a lot of those things. Like, right? you know, now but, it changes from, from you know, I often wonder. They say, oh, they're going to lose Ocposo, so trade him Everly. Well, Everly makes $6 million. If they got $6 million for Everly, they're likely going to spend it on Ocposo. So I'm not sure how all that those finances Yeah, work. well, I mean, they're still going to potentially lose the D-man. And maybe they, in turn, could turn around and draft a guy like Chikrin to ultimately long-term replace yeah. I, put it this way: It wouldn't. I would not trade the fourth straight up. I would make them take a contracted defenseman back as part of that deal. But that's either here. So here, here's the thing: So we both think Purcell and Teddy's had a decent year. He hasn't been as good a late. He's been okay. He okay could help somebody. Schultz, I think we both agree, might be able to jumpstart his career somewhere else. Mm -hmm. He might. He might just have a good finish to the year with another organization. Become a free agent. And he gets you a fifth, fourth, fifth round. We'll, we'll see. Or a prospect. A B-grade prospect. Not an A-grade guy. Uh, Um Yeah, that's a guy that is sure. You know, I'm a little worried about Laurie Karpikoski because his whole MO is I'm a penalty-killing fourth-line checker. That's what I do. And he hasn't killed penalties real well here. Yeah. So, you know... If if Corpakoski struggling to kill penalties, um, my question to you is, what else is he doing for me? Well, he hasn't scored in 27 games since he had a hat trick against the New York. Uh, I know that's the game. A eh? guy gets a hat trick in one game, doesn't score for the next 27 games. How's that work? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, you brought something up. You mentioned Toronto, mm -hmm. and I think that's a a good place to go. Uh, and maybe what we'll do here. The one thing I will say with the Leafs is there might be a lesson in that for the Oilers. Oh, sign, well, sign a couple cheap, unrestricted free agents. That's what the Leafs did. There's guys out there dying for work. Sure, turn them over. Like it's it's it, we've we've seen a market adjustment, and the Oilers got burnt. They overpaid for some guys that can't help them. Okay, we don't want to focus on the past. Moving forward, learn from what Toronto did. Toronto waited and then added some bodies late. Like, well, and if the cap. Uh, the cap's not going to go way up. It might right. even go down here. So it's let's just say for sake of conversation, it stays the same. Uh, there's going to be that glut, that end of July, early August glut of those Sean Mathias type guys yes. who aren't getting signed anywhere. So you're paying Purcell four and a half million. He's possibility he gets moved. You're going to have to replace him at some point. Maybe you only replace him with a million and a half dollar guy. Sure, but he's on a one-year deal. The problem with that guy is he's a lousy player. <laughs> so is he's not an is Parento player. a lousy player, or is he? No, Parento's been useful. For There's the a Leafs. price point. There's yeah. a price point, right? And I mean, Parento was bought out, but that's one guy. So sure, Parento worked. Right. Uh, how's Matthias been in Toronto? Not very good. How's uh, Spalling in Toronto? Not very good. How's Winnick? Well, Spalling was Toronto? part of the Kessel trade. He was part of the trade. Uh, Winnick, I think they did that deal with. They brought he got him a two-year deal. Yeah, yeah, he's not been very good. Yeah. So there's a reason those guys are hanging around at the end. But you're right, Bob. There could be the odd guy hanging around there, the odd parento. We shall see. 12:57 in Edmonton. Stoffer Inspector on Oilers. Now, when we come back, who's in a better position here, Edmonton or Toronto? Because for me, I think, you know, Edmonton has Connor McDavid. <laughs> the Leafs don't. That automatically puts them in a better position. We'll find out what Spec has to say. We'll get to some of your text, tweets, and emails. Might even take some calls when we come back.